get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Michelle and Randy on this 1st of July as we get ready for hockey here in St. Louis. Our Blues insider from The Athletic is Jeremy Rutherford, and he is on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Uh, JR, we don't say that very often, getting ready for hockey on July 1st. <laughs> Usually today, guys, we'd be talking about the start of free agency. Who are the Blues going to sign? Right. It's a much different year. And they're, next free agent period, they aren't signing anybody. I guarantee it. <laughs> guarantee it. Who knows when it'll be, right? And yeah, no uh, you hope they sign somebody if uh, Petrangelo's in that group. Yeah, right. Well, uh, from the outside, let me qualify this. They aren't going to sign anybody from the outside. I got you. So, JR, we've been reading a lot of the updates, and uh, Bob McKenzie tweeted not that long ago that, barring any last-minute complications, it seems that the two NHL hub cities will be Edmonton and Toronto. Do you have any insight as to why the NHL decided to head to Canada? Yeah, that's kind of uh, different than what we've been hearing from the past couple weeks. And even as of uh, yesterday, a couple days ago, uh, Vegas was still in the mix, but the rise in numbers, and specifically, Michelle, among the hotel workers, the casino employees, um, and with the hotel workers, some who might have been part of that uh, bubble, uh, they've decided against Vegas. So uh, as it looks today, and this all still needs to be ratified by the players and then also by the league, uh, it looks as though it will be Toronto and Edmonton. And multiple reports today that not only have they agreed on a return to play, but the union and the league, but also a new CBA. Do you sense any uh, reluctance on the part of either side to ratify it? I I don't think so. I think that there's some language built into it that is going to be an opt-out for the players uh, in terms of if they don't want to return this season. We've seen some players in Major League Baseball do that already. You know, I've heard some hockey players uh, come out and say that hockey is a different culture. They can't imagine any hockey players deciding not to return for this thing. But, you know, you would think there might be uh, one or two because uh, the players did fight for that language in the uh, in the CBA. So uh, I think that uh, what we'll see in the next couple of days, all the details uh, will come out. Uh, but in terms of a vote, I think that'll be uh, probably a couple of days away. And then uh, we could see this thing ratified uh, potentially over the weekend. Jared, is a different culture in hockey. I mean, you have severe injuries and people are still playing or it's an upper body day to day. How different do you think it's going to be for hockey players specifically, especially if someone tests and they're asymptomatic to really have to shut it down because of this virus? Yeah, I just think it's it's going to be something to watch. That's all I can say. And, and that's not just uh, hockey. That's, uh, you know, the other sports as well. But, you know, hockey, it's a contact sport, and you're talking about uh, asympt- asymptomatic p- 
people in terms of uh, the disease and, you know, can they pass it along? And, you know, are we going to get into a situation where all of a sudden we see two and three and four uh, blues players or players from other teams? Uh, they can't play. They're not on the practice ice. Is the team calling it an injury, quote unquote injury? Or are they calling it a, a COVID case? You know, that remains to be seen. Uh, I just think that, you know, some of these players, they're aware of uh, the issues. And a lot of them, honestly, speaking to a lot of them, don't want to return to play, but I think they're part of that culture, as you just touched on, Michelle, that, hey, if this league's going to come back, we're going to be there for our teammates, and we're going to take the risk and play. There was a report that 75% of players don't want to play. From the players that you've talked to, do you get anything? Have you put together a percentage that do or don't want to play? Yeah, not necessarily a percentage. I would think that, uh, you, you know, a number of the players that I talked to were, you know, fairly opinionated on, on, you know, like I said, that they don't want to play, but it's such a small sample size that it'd be tough to say it's a, a certain percentage of the players. JR, I want to go back for a second to the hub cities because with what's happening in the United States right now, I know Gary Bettman had talked about the possibility of the finals and uh, the, the semifinals perhaps being played in home cities. I wonder if that's changed now, if we're going to see everything that happens occur in Edmonton and Toronto, and if there's any chance of North American, well, not North American, but American cities hosting the, the semifinals or the finals. Yeah, that's kind of flip-flopped over the past couple of months. You're right. Uh, Gary Bettman did say at one point, hey, maybe start out in the hub cities. And then once you get down to the semifinals, you could bounce back and forth between the home cities. But I think they've kind of abandoned that idea. And I think especially with uh, the wave and the increase in cases, you'll see them stick to these hub cities. They've done so much homework, Randy, and due diligence on you know where they're going to play. And, and look, Vegas was a front runner a couple of days ago. And, and now they're out in favor of Edmonton because of the low number of COVID cases. So I just can't imagine. Imagine that you get down to the final two or final four, and you know now all of a sudden you're bouncing around from St. Louis to Boston like they uh, traditionally do. And how about this, guys? Toronto being one of the hub cities. Somebody pointed out on the uh, World Wide Web today that the Stanley Cup could be won in Toronto. And what would that be like if it were, uh, you know, the Canadians <laughs> or somebody else that, oh, man. that wasted the cup in Toronto? Oh wow, that'd be crazy. Uh, <laughs> Jr., I know that uh, a lot of different shows on the station have uh, spoken to you about your piece about Justin Falk. That's up at the Athletic. Everyone should go read. It, where he comes out and he's, he was very candid with you about how he didn't play that well, etc. Do you think maybe even a little bit of it uh, moving forward, everybody was off. Everybody's kind of starting from stage zero, from ground zero here. Do you think that, that might benefit him when the Blues return play? Yeah, I think so. I think everybody's going to be rusty. The guy that I think it benefits the most is uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. I've touched on that with you guys in terms of he was going to step into a lineup where everybody was up and running and, and he was going to be rusty. Now I think that evens the playing field a little bit with him. Uh, so with Justin Falk, yeah, everybody's going to come in and, and, and start fresh. But I think, you know, in talking to him, Michelle, it was just those last 10 or 12 games, he really felt like he was playing well. So, yeah, three months off, three and a half months off, it's going to be hard, you know, for him to, to pick up and, and play uh, like he was. But uh, what he told me was uh, just the fact that he's going to be so much more comfortable coming into the environment this time around as opposed to uh, when he showed up for training camp or early part of the season when that trade was made last year. And I would think something as simple as we think it's simple, moving to the left side when you spend your career on the right side, that's got to be really a tough adjustment. Yeah, and, you know, when we uh, spoke about that, he, he didn't want to make any excuses, but he said, look, I, I had to talk to the coaches about that. I hadn't played since college on the left side, and, and he said uh, clearly it didn't, uh, you know, happen overnight in terms of any sort of chemistry with Alex Petrangelo, but he felt like as they did it more often, 
he felt more comfortable on that left side. I can't imagine for a nine-year veteran in the league, a three-time All-Star, that you know he would want his future to be on the left side. I think he was doing what the team needed, and uh, now the Blues are just going to have to sort through that. Jerry, you, you may not have an answer to, to this, but have you gotten any insight into whether you'll be going to one of the hub cities or how the media setup's going to work there? Yeah, actually, just a little bit of speculation on that today, talking with uh, some of the athletic writers. Uh, there was a chance, I think, that if uh, it was in Vegas or another uh, American city, that they were going to have some uh, media credentials and potentially a small group group of us uh, could go cover it. But now the fact that it's in Canada, the word from the league is, is that they might not have any uh, you know, media availability for U- U.S. reporters. So I don't know if it's in Edmonton, if it's in Toronto, if we're going to be able to attend. But uh, certainly do our best to cover it from all angles, just might not have the access that we're used to. Finally, JR, 4th of July weekend. What is the top <laughs> of the power rankings for Jeremy Rutherford's favorite Fourth of July barbecue food. Oh man, it's got to be. You know what? In the past couple of years, because you know you grow up and you're a brat guy, or you know you're a, a pork steak guy, or whatever. And I'll stick by those. But the more I have uh, brisket, it you know it just melts in your mouth. These places that do it around town, some of these places are, are just phenomenal. And you know I don't have the patience to do what they do in, in terms of leaving it cooked for hours and hours and hours. But I certainly have the patience to sit at the table and wait for it to be done. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, enjoy your Fourth of July weekend. We always enjoy. Enjoy talking to you, and we'll talk to you again next week. You guys, too. Thanks a lot.